It's uh, Jackal right here on your classic metal show with Just Like a Devil. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while since we had Jesse on the show. He hasn't done anything, has he? No, nah, not, not really. I mean, ever since that uh, that Full Throttle Saloon thing ended, I think they put out one record, which wasn't really good. Yeah. And then uh, I think uh, he just basically plays uh, Nostalgia Jackal shows. Yeah, he's not recording or anything, is he? Not that I'm aware of. I don't even know that he's touring a lot. Yeah, I, I, I do believe Jackal is out there, you know, playing shows. I, I mean, I haven't seen, because I would like to see Jackal again. They're, they're a fun live band. <laughs> they are. They're a lot of fun. And I haven't seen them. I haven't even seen them advertised in years. I'd imagine Jim knows. Jim, what's the answer? Is Jackal still touring, or are they just part-timers now, or what? Well, why don't you wait till Eddie Trunk comes on and call him? Is he coming on tonight? No. I'm talking about oh. his show. Oh, yeah, when, that's when, true. When his show is on, you call him. Uh, Eddie, is Jackal still around? <laughs> hey, Eddie, whatever happened to Jackal? Yeah, hey, Eddie, could you tell me what happened to these bands? Jackal, uh, Queensryche. And Motley Crue, idiots. Is is Motley Crue doing anything these days? Yeah, what do you hear about them, Eddie? Who's still in that band? <laughs> <laughs> so funny, dude. Can can we admit? Well, we can't admit that we were wrong. But can you believe how that fucking tour is selling? I don't know how it's selling. I haven't seen anything about it. Most of the shit is sold out. Is it? I I haven't. I haven't paid any attention to it, so I, I don't know what what is going on there. Most of the shows were sold out. They added more shows, and those shows are selling out. Really? How they how about how big of a place? How big of a places are they playing? Well, they added the one here is at the Brown Stadium. Okay, and but how much of the stadium are they using? Like two thirds, like forty, fifty thousand. Well, how how big is that stadium? Sixty eight thousand. Okay. And they're doing like 50,000, they sold 50,000 tickets on Friday. Really? Yeah. I, I would have never guessed. And they're, they're, John was telling me, because he's a season ticket holder for the Browns. Okay. You know, and when they, the rare times that they do anything, <clears throat> they do, um, they give, um, you know, some preferential treatment because they're, you know, they're, they're season ticket holders. Right. And usually... What that means is that they can share with all their friends and, you know, their friends can use it to buy tickets and whatnot. Mm -hmm. He told me that for the for the Motley show, it was a strict you could only use it for a total of six tickets and then your code deactivated. It's like, what the fuck? There's that kind of I can't believe that there's that kind of demand for that fucking show. Well, again, I, I have not been paying attention or following this, so I, I was not aware of yeah. of, you know, ticket sales. That most of the shows sold out. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, because I know Ed asked me if I knew anybody for Pittsburgh. And I was like, yeah, I don't have a lot of friends in those camps. <laughs> <laughs> do, why do, why does, Ed, does, Ed, does Ed want to go? He wants to go. Huh. Well, are, are They're playing at what, at PNC? PNC. Yeah, that's what I thought. I saw the, you know, I get a lot of the... Uh, Ticketmaster updates and things, uh, and since you know, I get uh, the newsletter uh, emails from the pirates. Yeah, because uh, you know, I keep up on their tickets and their events and things, just in case I want to go. 
Sure. Uh, since they are playing at PNC, I've been getting the ads. You know, get your get your Motley Def Leppard poison tickets. Yeah, great. But I haven't paid any attention to how well they're selling. I was told that that one is sold out. Okay. Or maybe maybe it's just the cheap seats or whatever. But I I know I saw a, a thing that fucking asshole Nikki Six put out with all the things marked off as sold out, and it was most of them. Okay. I'm I'm just stunned that people are so willing to shovel that kind of money out for a for a bad show. Well, you can thank the Trump economy for that. I guess, but people still. got some extra coin in their pocket to spend for that kind of thing. I would think the Trump economy would be trumped by fucking the YouTube videos that just shows how fucking terrible Vince Neil is or <laughs> Joe Elliott. Well, it's the nostalgia crowd and, and people who want to experience, uh, you know, I, I look at it that it's the nostalgia crowd. Yeah. The, the, the you know, the, the guys who still wear mullets and the women who are still trying to, you know, fit into their spandex. Yeah. And I also attribute that to the younger crowd. Let's just say somebody the, like, like May, who, who yeah. would say, oh, that was cool back then. I want to experience that for myself. Right. You know. Well, so. But what's weird is, like, I, I was talking to John about it yesterday, today, whenever I talked to him. I don't remember. But um, he he said, when he told me this about the tickets, he said he thought about going. He didn't buy tickets, but he thought about going. And I was like, dude, you know how fucking lousy these bands are. Mm-hmm. And he's, yeah, but I've never seen a show in a stadium. And I was like, dude. That's hardly a reason to fucking buy tickets. It's like, well, I didn't buy tickets. I was, but but I mean that that's even a thought. That the, the reason you would go is because you've never seen a show in a stadium? Never seen a production that big, I guess. Oh. Okay. But he literally said that. The words that I just used about never seen a show in a stadium. Okay. In a stadium is the words he said. But I'm assuming what he meant was never seen a production that big. I think I think the biggest production I've ever seen at a stadium level was the, the Division Bell tour for Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd, 94. Was that 94? That was like 94. Yeah, I saw that show. That was a big production. It was. It was huge. They had three stages that uh, they had to set two up in advance. Right to keep up with the uh, the tour because it took like two days to assemble that thing and took two days to tear it down. So they needed two additional stages to set up ahead of the tour, right. so it'd be up and ready to go when they rolled into town. Did Did you see Genesis at the stadium? I saw Genesis. There I did too. not see that, but I did see the U two uh, stadium tour where they had that huge monstrosity thing in the middle of the field. Yeah. How was that? Was that any good? It was pretty good. I didn't buy the tickets. My sister was a huge U2 fan, and she bought all the tickets. And uh, we went to that. I was going to say, I don't see you enjoying U2 at all. I went because uh, I was invited, and she was like, yeah, I got you a ticket. You know, we're all going to go. So, Did you like any of the music or no? You're not a U2 fan, are you? I I like their earlier stuff. After Zuropa. Oh, yeah, when they went to... Yeah, after that, I, I didn't care for anything. After that, I mean, I I got I got in. I kind of liked them up to like the Joshua Tree, okay, and maybe one after that, and that's about it. See, they lost me at Joshua Tree. Yeah, that was just too mellow and dull. Yeah, that's where it ended for me too. That's I I mean Joshua Tree. I I I was a fan. I I saw you two several times early 
I saw him on the, um, the Unforgettable Fire tour opening for Brian Adams once, you know, and that was a that was a good show actually. But they were like fiery, you know. They were like kind of rock. rebel. Yeah, they were they were rockers. Yeah, and then I mean Sunday Bloody Sunday obviously was a huge hit, and they were definitely a sweaty rock band at that point. Then they come back with their fucking hats that Richie Blackmore would be proud of. <laughs> their their shitty garb and doing uh with or without you. Oh. Ugh. I hated all of that. Yeah. One love, one life. Ugh. Yeah. They, well, they just turned into a fag band. Yeah, well, you know, I, I don't like I don't like uh socially and politically driven bands. You know, I, I don't like bands with a cause, man. Yeah. I don't really either. I mean, I'm trying to think if there's any that I do like. Well, Spring uh, Springsteen, you know, in his later years, he's gotten that way. In his earlier years, not so much. Yeah, I liked it when he sung about how fucked up his life was. That was when Springsteen was at his best, when when everything was. Sally lost it at the mill, so she <laughs> fucked my friend Joe, and then I cried in my room. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Those were the Springsteen stuff I I liked. I went down to the river, and into the river I cried. You know, that shit was good. When he was singing about how fucked up his life was, I was into that. Once he started singing about fucking how, you know, Hillary was going to save the world or whatever. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Yeah, again, I, I don't like social commentary and political commentary in my music. It's just not just not my thing. I will say, though, in Springsteen's defense, his highly, I don't know if you would call it political, as much as socially commenting, album the rising is the best album he ever did in my eyes i love that record and that's all about 9-11 i mean uh, most of the most of the album is songs about you know so songs about 9-11 and how people were fucked up from 9-11 and i love that record i still listen to that record all the time it's a good one well you know to each their to each their own i mean you know just for me personally i you know i i don't like these hypocritical uh you know douchebags who yeah. who always are out there preaching to you that you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that while they ride around in their limos and their planes <laughs> you know yeah. against the machine <laughs> yeah you know it's like fuck you guys it's and like why, when, when you fought when you lead by example then maybe i'll pay attention but but the minute you you're like riding around in your private jets and telling me that i can't throw a plastic bottle out the window yeah go fuck yourself that's what i say so screw you rage is one of those bands i want to like them and i like the songs i mean i i have all the albums but i still fucking hate them just because their their politics suck a bag of dicks yeah fucking tom morello nothing makes me more nothing gets me to change fucking uh, like an article or something on on the web than when somebody starts quoting Tom Morello on anything, you know, and they always lead to him. Well, Tom Morello said, fuck Tom Morello. <laughs> fuck him. Isn't that, fuck a, isn't that a small, isn't that one of those small cigars that you buy at the Speedway gas station? I don't know. He's a cunt. <laughs> I'll just call it as he is. He is a cunt. <laughs> I like tunes, but he is a cunt. Yeah, whatever. Self-righteous douchebags.
Sing your fucking songs, and that's it. No one cares. And if people want to take the message from it, see, I'm okay with bands that sing. If they sing songs about it, I'm kind of okay with it. It's when they go behind it and they're like, well, you know, that song was really about the injustice that's going on in the poor people in our country because we have to stand up for them. Oh, yeah, well, how much of your fucking paycheck did you give those poor people? Yeah. You fucking cocksucker. Go headline Coachella, you cunt. <laughs> Fuck you. Well, you know, I I don't uh, I don't need to do this because I'm more enlightened than you, but you yeah. need to uh, toe the line. No, you need to listen to me because I have the right message. That's why. Look, I loved. I know you loved Ricky Gervais. Just fucking. Well, that, that's actually where that's actually where I was going to go with this. Okay, because I know you had to love that. Yeah, of course. I think a lot of people loved it. I know that's good. <laughs> Yeah, he he definitely said what everybody's been thinking. What every everybody that's not in Hollywood. But did you watch you watched the video, didn't you? Yeah, of course I did. It doesn't even matter what he said so much as watching those faggots' faces just getting fucking stomped on. I loved it. I loved seeing Tom Hanks. Yeah, going, yeah, oh you and I must be on the same wavelength because that is the biggest fucking douchebag next to Robert De Niro. Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks, just just Tom Hanks and his self righteousness. Yeah, it's like you know. Granted, this guy this guy was in a TV show called Bosom Buddies, which couldn't which couldn't have been more sexist. Of course. And now he's the self righteous douchebag out there. Mm -hmm. You know. And yeah. Okay. So you were Forrest Gump. All right. I get it. Well. You know what it is? Is he thinks he's a social social justice guy because of fucking Philadelphia? Yeah, who cares? Yeah, big deal. You made a movie about AIDS. I bet you you didn't fucking dedicate your entire check to AIDS research, dickhead. You made money off of people that have fucking lesions in their fucking throat. So fuck you. Yeah. You know, I bet you didn't sell his Oscar that he got from Philadelphia for AIDS research. Fuck him. Yeah, but I just loved it. it. Ricky Gervais was saying all stuff, and he's just looking up there with his fucking, you know, you know, you know what, you know that he just had that that feeling of disgust in his stomach, and that little quiver between his balls. You know that little quiver when you're doing something <laughs> wrong. You but but, but was he doing anything wrong, or do or did he just like you know what? I've had it. You know, I'm finally gonna just voice what I think. Not Gervais, Tom Hanks. Oh, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Hanks had to have that feeling in his stomach and that that twitch in the bottom of his nutsack because he knew that he was one of the people being targeted by that. Oh, joke. yeah, absolutely. And, and he knew that the entire world was going to see him. You knew it. Yeah. He and, and I loved it. I loved that. I loved him trashing the fucking the guy from Apple. Mm hmm. It's fantastic as well. He's trashing the guy from Apple, and he's sitting right there. That's fucking hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> Good on him. So, so before we break this down a little bit, mm -hmm. what do you think his motivation was to do that? Gervais? Yeah. Um, I, If I had to guess, and I don't know, you know, but he's a comic first and foremost. Well, of course he is. I know he has had significant success in other things, movies and whatnot, but at his core, he's a comic. 
And I know as a comic, I've heard him on O&A and on O&J when it was Opie and Jim. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I've heard Gervais a bunch of times rail against how we're getting more and more where comics can't say anything. Mm -hmm. Comics are taken too literally or whatever. And I really kind of think that he just saw this as his moment. He was like, he's like, you know what? Time to blow the whole, blow it up. You know, I've done everything there is to do. Well, I mean, what else does he, I mean, he's got to have, Ricky Gervais has to have $50 million, doesn't he? Yeah. I, and again, well, I, I know that he's probably fine financially if he never worked another day in his life. Yeah. But my, my question, I was thinking, what was the motivation there? Has he just had it? Is it just like, you know, I've had it with this. I, I'm had it with the uh, with the hypocrisy and I'm just done with it. I'm just blown, blown out with it now. There's probably some of that. And there's probably some of that as a comic. He's one of the if not the biggest name in comedy right now. And he saw it as his opportunity yeah. to just to just say, look, fuck you. Stop taking everything. So goddamn literally, you fucking assholes. And, and he knew that nobody could do anything about it. Yeah. I mean, it's too late. I'm on stage now. We're live. The cameras are on. What are they going to do? Cut away to CNN? Yeah. And, and, and I mean, you heard him right from the beginning. He said, yeah, this is going to be the last time I'm up here. He knew. He knew exactly what he was doing. He brought, he planned it for weeks. Yeah. He planned it for weeks, and I loved it. Good for him. Yeah. I'll buy any comedy record he does from here on out. Yeah. All right. Well, let's play some of this. Okay. Let's, let's hear what he has to say. Live from the Beverly Hilton Hotel here in Los Angeles. I'm Ricky Gervais. Thank you. Um, you'll, you'll be pleased to know this is the last time I'm hosting these awards. So, I Everybody thought it was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, didn't, they didn't even realize what a smashing they were going to take. They didn't realize they were just about to get curb stomped. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care anymore. Um, I'm joking. I never did. Um, <laughs> That's a good one right there. I never cared. Yeah. It was a paycheck to me. Yep. <laughs> NBC clearly don't care either. Fifth time. So, I mean, Kevin Hart was fired from the Oscars because of some offensive tweets. Hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> offensive tweets. <laughs> well, I've I've de deactivated here on the show. Yeah, well, there you go. Tweets. I, I'm sick of the tweeting. I'm sick of it. All of it. Social media can fucking suck a dick. Yep. Lucky for me, the Hollywood Foreign Press can barely speak English. And they've no idea what Twitter is. So I got offered this gig by fax. So let's go out with a bang. Let's have a laugh at your expense. <laughs> Let's go out with a bang. <laughs> I just like, he, he's setting them up. He's telling them flat out, we're going to have a laugh at your expense. Yeah, I, I'm going to smash you. So <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> he's being a funny guy. And then he did. Mm -hmm. Shall we? Remember, they're just jokes. We're all going to die soon, and there's no sequel. So... Yeah, remember that. Um, but you all look lovely, all doled up. You came here in your limos. I came here in a limo tonight, and the license plate was made by Felicity Huffman. So, no. Sure. <laughs> That's a good one. 
That's a good one. That's a good one. Jokes. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. He just fucking went for it. I love it. I do. I love it too. It's a yeah, Tom Hanks just sitting there with his mouth open. It's like, go away, you washed up douchebag. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he's Wait just he's just standing there like, oh, oh. You can't say that. I made the movie about talking to the volleyball. Yeah, whatever. Fuck you, Tom. It's her daughter I feel sorry for, okay? That must be the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to her. And her dad was in Wild Hogs. So, <laughs> lots of big celebrities here tonight. I mean, legends, icons, yeah? Look, at this table alone, uh, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. But... <laughs> Baby Yoda. Uh, oh, no, that's, that's Joe Pesci, sorry. Um, <laughs> Baby Yoda. <laughs> wow. So they had the whole Irishman all at one table. Yeah, they had the Irishman. Yep. I love you, man. Don't have me whacked. Um, but tonight isn't just about the people in front of the camera. In this room are some of the most important TV and film executives in the world. People from every background, but they all have one thing in common. They're all terrified of Ronan Farrow. He's coming for you. He's coming for you. Look, talking of all you... Boy, all the uncomfortable looks. Yeah, they don't want to laugh at that one. Yeah. <laughs> you perverts. It was a big year. It was a big year for pedophile movies. Um, surviving R. Kelly. Leaving Neverland. Two Popes. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. I don't care. I don't care. Wow. Just the stone-cold looks he's getting. I love how they pan around the audience and just single out different people. And they're just standing, sitting there, just stone-cold look like, fuck you, man. Those the funny part is, and, or they're confused, like they're looking to their agent to see if they're supposed to laugh yeah, or not. Yeah. Douches. Many talented people of color were snubbed in major categories. Um, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about that. The Hollywood foreign press are all very, very racist. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's funny. That's good shit. Fifth time. So. We were going to do an in memoriam this year, but when I saw the list of people that had died, it wasn't diverse enough. It just, no. Because <laughs> diversity is our strength. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Not enough, uh, not enough uh, black people died and not enough uh, other cultures died. It was just mostly white people. So we can't support, we can't yep. celebrate that. Nope. Funny. It was mostly white people. <laughs> and I thought, nah, not on my watch. So, <laughs> maybe next year. Let's... Let's see what happens. No one cares about movies anymore. No one goes to the cinema. No one really watches network TV. Everyone's watching Netflix. This show should just be me coming out going, well done, Netflix, you win. Everything. Good night. But no, no, we've got to drag it out for three hours. You could binge watch the entire first season of Afterlife instead of watching this show. That, that's a show about a man who wants to kill himself because his wife dies of cancer. And it's still more fun than this. Okay. <laughs> 
In other words, this 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 self congratulatory uh, award show blows. It just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, spoiler alert: um, season two is on the way. So in the end, he obviously didn't kill himself, just like Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Shut up! I know he's your friend, but I don't care. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he's your friend. Yeah. Just like Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, I'm, su- I'm surprised he didn't go there. Well, he does go there, doesn't he? I think so. I think he goes there, too. You had to make your own way here in your own plane, didn't you? Right. But m- seriously, most films are awful. Lazy. Remakes. Sequels. I've heard a rumor that there might be a sequel to Sophie's Choice. I mean, that'd just be Meryl Streep going... Well, it's got to be this one, then. <laughs> All the best actors have jumped to Netflix and HBO, you know. And the actors who just do Hollywood movies now do fantasy adventure nonsense. They wear masks and capes and really tight costumes. Their job isn't acting anymore. It's going to the gym twice a day and taking steroids, really. <laughs> have, we got a, have we got an award for most ripped junkie? No. <laughs> Most ripped junkie. <laughs> Damn. Smash away. Man. No point. We know he'd win that. Um, Martin Scorsese, the greatest living director, made the news for his controversial comments about the Marvel franchise. He said they're not real cinema and uh, they remind him of theme parks. I agree. Although I don't know what he's doing hanging around theme parks. He's not big enough to go on the rides, is he? <laughs> Tiny. <laughs> and he's sitting like three feet from him. Yeah, he's right there by the edge of the stage. So funny. It's good. <laughs> right. The Irishman was amazing. It was amazing. Um, that, it was. My fact, my, it was great. Uh, long, but amazing. Um, it wasn't the only epic movie. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, nearly three hours long, Leonardo DiCaprio attended the premiere, and by the end, his date was too old for him. Uh, <laughs> that might be the best joke of the night. That's a goodie. <laughs> That's good. Mm-hmm. But it's- Even Prince Andrew's like, come on, Leo, mate, you know. <laughs> You're nearly 50, son. Um, The world got to see James Corden as a fat pussy. (laughs) He was also in the movie Cats, but no one saw that. Um, (laughs) No one saw that. Dude, that joke, he he slid one in there that no one got. Yeah. The one about Prince Andrew? Yeah. That's fantastic, because... Prince Andrew is part of that whole Epstein scandal. Yeah, I know. That's fucking hysterical. Yeah. They either didn't get it or didn't want to acknowledge yeah, it. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't get it that he, he went to that Epstein Island with, you know, for yeah. young young uh, chicks. Uh, speaking of that, would, before we finish this segment tonight, I want to talk about that truth or lies, Jeffrey Epstein, because I watched that and I definitely have some opinions on that. All right. But anyway, go ahead. Um... 
And the reviews, oh, shocking. I saw one that said, this is the worst thing to happen to cats since dogs, right? <laughs> but Dame Judi Dench defended the film, saying it was the role she was born to play, because she... I can't do this next joke. <laughs> because she loves nothing better than plonking herself down on the carpet, lifting her leg and licking her... Wow. Just hammering away. Yeah, man. Love it. <laughs> Furball. Furball. <laughs> She's old school. Um, <laughs> She's got a full bush. <laughs> She's old school. <laughs> Furball. She's old school. <laughs> Jackal would like her. Yeah, he would. <laughs> it's the last time. Who cares? <laughs> I like that. Just his attitude. It's like, this is the last time I burn my bridges, man. Fuck you. <laughs> oh. Apple roared into the, the TV game with a morning show. A superb drama. Yeah. A superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing, made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So... <laughs> so, taking the moral high ground, you're so, you're so, you know, politically correct. Yep. Then you get smashed. <laughs> so well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney... If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, <laughs> he's probably right though. He is, you're absolutely. Hate to say it, but I, I, I think that's less of a joke than just a fact. Yeah. If you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, <laughs> right, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your god, and... <laughs> thank your agent and your god and fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> So, it's already three hours long. Right, let's do the first award. The first award. The first award is for best actor in a television series, musical or comedy. To present the award are a couple of actors off the telly. What can I say? Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. Just smash. Ugh. Just upsetting. I love it. Yeah. I, I I just like that that attitude. It's like I got nothing to lose. What are you gonna do to me? Yeah. I wonder you know, I've seen a lot of articles saying that this this thing by Gervais could be the start of the pendulum swinging. Well, I, I think what started the pendulum is Trump. Well, yeah, but I mean, but Trump has been has been ridiculed and nuts, but nobody has fired back. 
all of a sudden they started here comes Gervais in a very very Hollywood setting firing back for the first time yeah but but again <clears throat> he he's uh he's now joining that uh like you said the pendulum yeah yeah I I, I just uh, I'm I'm hopeful that now people will be like it, it it astounds me, I guess, that people listen to fucking celebrities. That that like TMZ is so popular, and People Magazine is still so popular, and Entertainment Tonight and shit like that. It's like, what is going on? But how are, can you, but, but are like, they are they popular though? Are are they popular? TMZ is well. TMZ is a little bit different. They're they're almost like the Inquirer. Yeah. But but as far as like the the night shows, are they really that popular? Uh, I think they make an impact. They must make it. They must still make some sort of an impact on on viewership. They must. Otherwise, why would they do it? Well, there's nothing else on. Yeah, but if dude, none of them are coming here. We're on. And none of no no celebrities are coming here. Why? Because we wouldn't fucking impact their sales. It's got to be. There's got to be some impact. Well, I think I think it's all grasping at at picking at the bones of what's left in broadcast media. Could be. I, I don't. I don't really think they're that popular. Do you Do you watch uh, late night television? No, not at I, all. I don't. I don't watch it. I don't know anyone who does. Yeah, I don't know. So I, I, I think the only reason why you uh, might think, excuse me, might think that they're still popular is because that's what the, you know, the media still pumps them up as, oh, did you see what, you know, Jimmy Fallon said? Oh, did you see what, uh, you know, whoever's these late night guys? But I don't think yeah. they're that popular. Why do you think they're putting all their clips on YouTube? Yeah, well, that's true, too. Well, plus people don't fucking watch TV like that anymore. That's my point. Nobody, nobody stays up till eleven thirty to watch TV. You know, I mean, dude, it, it, it's funny you say this because I was watching the football game earlier. The um, whatever the game was, the early game, Minnesota and Forty um, ers and it was on NBC. And NBC had a commercial for um, Fallon or Kimmel, whichever Fallon is on NBC, right? Jimmy Fallon. I wouldn't even know. I, I don't watch I it. I don't pay attention to it. I think that's the one he's on. But they were announcing the guests that are going to be on this week. And I was like, who in the fuck wants to see any of these fucking people? It was like Selena Gomez, Matthew McConaughey, and then three people I'd never heard of. I was like, what is this shit? Who's, who's watching this? You know? I I don't know anybody that watches it. It's been, you know, I mean, it was such a staple when we were kids. Yeah, but there was only one choice. It was Johnny Carson and then, of course, Letterman. Yeah. That was it. But now that there's, was, what, four 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 shows now? Four yeah, late night shows? There's Conan. There's more than that. Five? There's, six? There's Conan. There's Fallon. There's Kimmel. There's um, Samantha B. There's um, there's a couple more too, and I can't think of them because and I don't watch them. Don't get me wrong. Don't don't assume that I sneak a peek. Right, I haven't watched any of this shit in forever. 
But I do know that there's like six or seven of them out there, which is probably part of the problem. There's too many of them. That's my point. So, so how how impactful with with the field being so crowded? You know, are they? Yeah, probably not. I don't think they really are. Yeah, and and most of it is most of the late night programming is the hate Trump programming. Is it? I, That's all it is. I, is hate Trump, hate Trump, hate Trump, hate Trump. You know, it gets old. People get tired of it. I know the one guy does the Colbert. That's all he does. He's a, he's one of those guys, isn't he? Yeah, all the time. That's a, that's all he concentrates on. Just hate Trump, hate Trump. It's like, all right, we heard enough. We know you don't like Trump. So what? Yeah, do a show now. Yeah, yeah do something funny. Yeah, be, be more funny. Yeah, you're not funny. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who watches that shit anymore. Well, that's kind of my point. Yeah. I know some of the B stuff gets more is more popular now. Like, I know my mom watches, like, Trevor Noah. He's big on the hate Trump stuff, too, I believe. Yeah, and he's not even from this country. <clears throat> well, more reason to say it. They can't do nothing to him. Probably gets free fucking, in addition to his $10 million a year, he probably gets free bennies. Yeah. It's like, why don't you go back to your own country? Let's see how great things are over there. Yeah. Have at it. Go for it. Yeah. Tell us how great it is in South Africa. Yeah. Well, I see that. What's her name? That Nicki Minaj fucking filed for her Nigerian citizenship because because yeah. Trump started World War Three. Yeah, of course. So, so she so she filed for her citizenship. We'll see how many days a year she spends there yeah, right. in Nigeria. <clears throat> yeah. Because there's a big fan base and she can make lots of money there. Yeah, well, you know, and you know how good the Nigerian people are to women. Yeah, sure they are. <laughs> Some dumb. People are stupid. They are stupid. All right. I say we take a short break. All right. Come back. Got a guest coming up. I know you're not aware. All right. And uh, they want to congratulate us on 24 years. Okay. And uh, we'll... Um, We'll just go from there. Sounds good to me. So I'll let you pick a tune. What would you like to hear? Um, I would like to hear, <clears throat> um, how about On March the Saints from Down? Okay. How's that? From the Down 3 release. Just because I've been listening to a lot of Down lately. I like Down. Love them. So good. Yep. I'm still a big NOLA fan. Huge fan of the NOLA. Well, I know they're they're doing the 25-year anniversary of NOLA this year. They're touring. That's a great record. I can't wait. I'll, I'll be seeing that show. I'm sure you will. We'll be seeing that show. All right. Well, here's, uh, here's some down on March the Saints featuring uh, Phil and Samuel. <laughs> so here it is. It's uh, down exclusively here. On your classic metal show. This is Philip H. Anselmo, and I want to say you are listening to the classic metal show. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> 